Welcome to the Black Women Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast where we encourage and empower Black women to speak their unfiltered truth about life experiences. I am your host, Whitney Sale. Today in the guest chair, we have Ariana, who's a 25-year-old Black woman, born and raised in San Diego, California. Ariana is currently a content creator for various social media platforms. One fun fact about Ariana is she loves to cook dinners on Instagram TV. When asked the question, what does being a Black woman mean to you? Ariana responded, being a Black woman to me means that I am not less than. I am more than capable of doing any and everything I set my mind to outside of the social norms. I am a superwoman, but I am vulnerable. I have emotions, and that is beautiful. Ariana is our first guest in the perspective of the Black Women series, speaking on the behalf of women in their 20s. Let's welcome Ariana to the guest chair. Hi, Ariana. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you agreed. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the questions and um, we'll just pretty much go off of the questions and then hear what you have to say about what it's like to be in your 20s as a Black woman. So my first question is, how does it feel to be a Black woman in her 20s in the year 2020? I think, well, I think it feels good for me personally. um, I'm just at this point in life where I'm just living and I'm living how what makes me feel good. So I'm I'm having the time of my life in my 20s right now. That's good to hear. And then my next question is, what are three areas you feel Black women in your age range struggle with and why? I think we struggle with relationships. And I'll elaborate on that. I I think sometimes when we're trying to get into these relationships, everybody's just so messed up. And I don't know how we got to this point. Like some of us are still early 20s, mid 20s. And with that comes experience. But I think I'm in my mid 20s point right now. So I in that point where if I want to date, then I have to factor in that, you know, that guy may have kids or he may have a kid. And I have to think, Am I really ready for that? Do I want to be a stepmom or do I still want to go out and get lit with my girls? Like that is just a huge factor. Um, So I think relationship like dating, romantic relationships, I should say, is a big issue sometimes. Um, My third or second one, sorry, would be I think getting into the workforce. Um, A lot of black women have created their own lane and can figure out what works best for them. But for those who are not, I would say, have found their creative niche yet, then we have to, you know, go to work and work these nine to fives or these hours. And there's always that stigma where, you know, if you are voicing your opinion, then you're angry. If you're, you know, you're not speaking up, then you're not doing the work. And so I think that is just a struggle area in itself where you want to apply yourself, but there's not really a way for you to be to voice those opinions and how you feel or suggestions without seeming angry or upset or disgruntled. So you're saying that kind of ties in into the perspective of how Black women are viewed in the workplace, yes, such as absolutely. like angry, combative. Absolutely. Some, something we've been fighting for years. <laughs> so sad that we're still at this point. Like, we're in 2020, you know, we reached a whole new decade and I'm still fighting to just be heard at, at my place of employment. But that's another conversation. And then my third one, sometimes, well, for me personally, I'll just say me personally, it's kind of like family. I feel like family could be a struggle area where, you know, you've always been viewed as one, this little, well, that's our baby. You know, we want you, we want you to do this. We want you to. And of course, you want that for yourself as well. But I feel like family can give a little bit of added pressure that can sometimes be a little unnecessary. You know, you always have that one person in your corner like, I'm here, whatever you want to do. But other family members tend to because they want you to make it or be great and they want to see you 
be successful, then you feel like everything you're doing is to please everyone else around you, your family, rather than yourself. So do you feel like as a 20-year-old, it's hard to differentiate between being seen as someone's little baby and trying to be the, or navigate the way to be an adult woman? Yes, I do. And I struggled with that personally. And, And I would say that I still am kind of struggling with that, where, you know, I'm working, I pay my own bills. If you're fortunate enough to have your own place, which in California, that's real few far in between. But if you're fortunate Mm. to have those um, experiences, then it's like, okay, well, I'm grown in my own space. But when I come and visit mom, dad, aunties, whoever, I'm still that, you know, 12 year old, four year old, whatever they see me as in their mind or whatever perspective they keep me as. I can't, it feels like I'm just stuck under a thumb where they just want me to stay there, but then they also want me to progress. And it's like, we have to find a healthy balance because I'm growing up and I am grown up, but I don't, how do I finish that? But they still want you to, oh, well, you know, don't do this. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, (laughs) but yes. No, I think I I understand we all go through that transition of, that child parent relationship to that child adult parent relationship where we become more friends than we do needing that parental guidance, parental guidance. So I understand where you're coming from. It takes time. It takes work on both sides though. So your family willing to see you as an adult and then you willing for them to see you as an adult and to continually prove that. Yes. So my next question, to make it, you know, more positive, what are three areas you feel Black women in their 20s are successful with, and why are they thriving in these areas? Okay. My first would be finding that creative space. I have come across an array, a variety of Black women just doing their own thing. And what I mean is um, coming across Black estheticians. Whereas, you know, they're more, they are more informed with how, you know, how our skin should be and what, what I, what products I need to use for our skin tone for black women. And if I go to, you know, someone else, then they wanted to give you an overall brand. Whereas I can, if I go to a black woman who knows about skin and, you know, ingrowns, this, that, and a third, she'll be able to tell me, Hey, this doesn't work for our skin. Maybe use this product. So um, coming across black estheticians, those women who are getting their hustle on selling hair, building, you know, websites, graphic designers, all those sorts of creators uh, like yourself, podcasting, we're finding our own way outside of the norm. Um, and sometimes we still have to stick to those nine to fives or whatever that looks like. But I feel like we are thriving with our finding our creative space. And I love to see it. Um, so when you say creative space, you are you talking about more like our passion projects or explain that a little more creative spaces? I would say, yes, you can you can definitely turn your passion into a creative space um, to, to explain. I had been stuck trying to find what I what I would love to do for free. And that's what everyone says. Yes, your passion, your passion is something you would you would do for free. And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so I realized <laughs> after I had created a podcast just for a little while, but I self-taught myself how to record, get the necessary equipment, find out how to add this here, put that there. And I realized I love this. But I then I went on to realize, you know what? I love doing this for other people. So Mm -hmm. I want to be able to push, you know, edit someone's podcast because we are all busy. Why not outsource that to someone that you trust? And boom, now I found something I love to do um, on that end. And then there's just going back to like being an esthetician. There's always that one girl, you know, whose eyebrows was on on fleet. You know, you're like, dang, girl, how do you just your skin is glowing? And that's the one girl was like, oh, I use this product, this product where she's giving out that information, not realizing that you can take that and build up your social media and give people different ideas on how to make sure that their skin is going and we stay popping 
and we stay so our black don't crack um so yeah, yeah definitely believe in taking your passion and making in that putting that into your creative space and whatever you um feel like okay like event planning that is creative you have to you see something in your mind that your client doesn't see and so i that's that's what i kind of mean by finding that creative space yeah and i think you made a good point when you said you tried podcasting and you realized that you kind of like the background scene. So that means that, you know, you actually gave it a try and then you saw what works better for you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, that's a crucial moment to know, you know, where your strengths and your weaknesses are and your likes and your dislikes. So that's a good point. I'll let you go on with uh, number two and three. The second one would be self-love, where we are at this pivotal point, I feel, that we are realizing that we are worth it. We are worth the love that we've seen um, our parents ex- experience or family members experience. Like, hey, I want to I want to experience that kind of love. I saw my daddy do this for my mom, and I know that I'm worth having that same experience. Um, so th- to keep elaborating on self-love, that knowing your worth, I feel like we are realizing that we are more than enough. And even though Black women are labeled as super women, we're able to be vulnerable. I feel like we are opening up with finding therapists or therapy, therapists that work for us, and that it's not such a taboo idea of going to work out any emotional trauma that we've experienced. Um, because in I, in the black community, it can be, oh, you're talking to a therapist, you know, and that's that's definitely frowned upon in some I'll say not not everybody, but in some black families it's like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be OK. Don't worry. You know, we have to work through that. So I feel like that self-love is something that we're really thriving at. And that's that finding that self-love within myself is what made me realize, gave me that that idea, that light bulb, like, hey. You like to do this, but don't stress yourself out trying to be at the forefront. Why not help someone else, you know, achieve a different level of greatness for themselves all while you're doing that for yourself as well. So I feel like that kind of ties into self-love. So again, therapy, um, realizing again your worth, that you are enough. You're okay to be, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. And it's okay, honestly, to be angry. If you are angry, something upset you, you're okay to feel those emotions, traveling by yourself, seeing the world, like that is all a part of loving yourself and loving just the experiences that you can come across. Very true. And then my third one, I think we're at a point, I think some 20-year-old women are at a point where we're just, I think this may tie into two, but we're just not not caring and not to the point where, you know, we're just being reckless, but we're just living our lives. And I feel like now that we're not being hindered by what society thinks about us. Yeah. Again, I does kind of tie into the, to number two, but we're just at this point where it's like, you know what? I love me. The black man loves me. My family loves me. I'm going to exude that. Like, I know I look good. Here I am. You can't tell me what I what I don't look like or that I'm ugly. Like I just I love that we are confident. That's the word. I love that we've become more confident in ourselves and confident in our more confident in our community to where we can go out and bless our community if if we are thriving, if we've become successful. I'm seeing a lot of black women giving back to their community. Um and I just I love to see it. I love that we are slowly but surely coming together as a whole. And then I feel like once we get, keep that going, keep that momentum going, it's just a snowball effect. I see one person doing one woman, then I'm seeing another woman. And then we just keep going into our black communities. And, and I don't no, sorry. I can't think of the word. Um, but really just, giving back again, giving back to our communities, like purchasing, going to that black esthetician, driving our community within one another. Sorry. So you're saying you're seeing more of 
self-acceptance for Black women. And then you're also seeing more of us becoming a community and a unit. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that makes good sense. Okay, so how do you feel society in 2020 views Black women in your age range? And then part two to that question is, how do you think Black women in their 20s view each other? Oh, okay. Um, part one, I think society there. I think society still views us as just. Ooh. I think society still views us as just black women. Oh, all they're good for is you know hip hop and making music or if they're not doing that to enter or entertainment that's the word i think society still views us as a form of entertainment um you know where if you're not on your social media you're twerking then you have to just be doing something to entertain society but i think we are breaking out of that um and to answer part 2 i think we are seeing other black women enjoy what they do. So finding their passion and if you're able to monetize it, then seeing, okay, wow, I, I knew such and such from when we were in high school, but look at how she's, you know, back in high school, she liked to do X, Y, and Z. And she was able to make a brand out of that. I think there are still some, some women who have that mentality where it's, oh, I have to look better than you or, you know, she's snobby, this, that, and the third. But I, I, I think maybe I'm coming across more women and a lot more Black women um, who have found that self-acceptance and that self-love, and then they're passing that on to other Black women that they encounter. So mm-hmm. I there's a there's a 50-50 where there's, oh, girl, let me go ahead and pour into you because you know, someone poured into me. So I want to keep giving. But then there's also that that stigma. And I don't know if it's just a woman thing where it's just, you know, well, oh, she thinks she all that because she can she can do this or she can do that. I think if we keep going, if we keep making this progress that that I see now, um, where we're not tearing each other down, where we're actually uplifting, we're giving um, if you can, you know, buying into these black owned businesses and, and showing that support to other black women who are making a way for themselves or for their families, then I think we'll just keep going on a rise. I think I think we can continue just to be great and keep going from there. Right. So you're finding it half and half where half have come to the realization of self-acceptance and positivity, but you still have those who struggle with self-identity and fitting in and realizing that it's not a competition that we do better when we're a unit versus being against each other. And I feel like, you know, I'm 30. So I, I remember that in my 20s, you know, you have half and half and I can tell you it should get better as you get older. Um, I know those last years of your 20s are pretty, pretty influential. So I can remember going from, you know, in your beginning of your 20s where you're broke and you're in college, you're having time in your life to your midlife 20 crisis where you don't know what you want to do. So now that you're at your older 20s, you're like, okay, I'm getting focused. Like I'm starting to find out what I want to do. It's corporate for me. That's interesting. Interesting that it's still that way after, you know, so many years, but I think it's just that time period in everyone's life. I always say your 20s are for, pretty much exploring everything, like just get out there and explore. So I'm glad you guys are still living your lives. Um, Social media is crazy, way crazy when it was in my 20s. So I applaud you guys for getting through that. So we're uh, going to transition into our next question. How does your, how do women in their 20s define success for Black women? And do you agree or disagree with this viewpoint? I personally do not think that 
the 20-year-old women have a what they deem is success. I think we see a lot of these rappers' girlfriends that, you know, they get pregnant by, or they get in a relationship, they get pregnant, and then now all of a sudden they're just taken care of by this guy. So to keep it materialistic, now, you know, she can afford the best lace front, she can afford the best shoes, or, you know, whatever that looks like materialistically. I feel like that is what some of these 20-year-old Black women kind of aspire to be. Um, And then there's the other portion, which I don't know if it comes with age. There are some mature, younger 20s, 20-year-old women. But there are just that there's another group where we're like, hey, I saw these people struggle. I saw, you know, my mama, my grandma, they was working all these hours and jobs. I want to pave a way for myself where... I can set up generational wealth or I can set up to where if, you know, if they don't want to have kids or whatever that looks like, they can set up wealth for themselves. So I don't have to work until I'm 75, 80 years old. Um, I, I personally am not ready to have kids. So I don't, (laughs) I don't want to be baby mama. (laughs) No rush, no rush. Yeah. Um, I personally want to be able, I want to be on the track to set up generational wealth. Okay. And and I'm not saying that those other women are not doing that. I, I don't want to put those women down at all. That Those are their choices. And I'm pro-choice until it comes to me. Right. But I, I agree with setting ourselves up for success, even after we pass on. Um. I want to be able to just leave a legacy. If even even if it's a small legacy, I'm leaving something. Uh, if it's on paper, if it's a building, whatever that looks like, I was able to set that up and navigate that while I was alive. So that way, I can be set up. I can donate to whoever I need to donate. So, to answer your second question, or part two of that, I do not agree with only aspiring to to make it in the. I don't even want to say like rap industry, but just to be comfortable. Ooh, I want to word this where it's correct. Um, are you, if I could jump in for a second. Yeah. So are you saying like your age range sees the instant success of social media groupies and stars? And so they define Black women's success and don't necessarily understand that it takes hard work to be successful. They just see instant success from pictures and no one really talks about failures. Yes, absolutely. And I think just to even piggyback off of that, I think that we should be open if we're starting a business or if you, you know, you wanted to sell hair or whatever that looks like, you know, for that business owner, Mm -hmm. I think we should be able to talk about failures. i like you said, I can go on Instagram right now and never had met, you know, this person, but I see that she has a successful business up and running, but I don't know how many times she tried. And I think that would be super inspirational to where, you know, what I was like, okay, I've tried to pitch this to, you know, my family or some friends, or I may know somebody at this office or whatever. I tried to pitch it so many times that it just doesn't feel like I'm getting there. Um, So I wish that we would open up about our failures a little bit more because I I think it would just help us be more of a unit rather than, well, you know, she got put on, she was on social media, she's on, she's on TV now where I'm still trying to make, struggle to make these videos or struggle to get these likes on this post. And what am I doing wrong? What does she do? But if she, or yeah, if she were to open up like, Hey, you know, I was on this platform. I DM'd, you know, such and such 13 times and nobody replied. I feel like then I could, I'd be a little bit more connected to my fellow black woman. Okay. That makes sense. And so my next question is what do you feel society underestimates about black women in their twenties? And why do you think your age group is viewed that way? Because Oh, wait, I have to answer first. Um, I think we are, 
collective. To, to keep the theme of success, I feel like society doesn't deem us as successful. I think. So you're saying you think that society underestimates the capability of being successful in your 20s for yes. black women? Yes. Okay. Um, because of. Well, I don't want to blame social media, but because of that instant, <laughs> <laughs> that instant success that we see. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in a point of time where I'm like, man, if I could just get 100 likes on this post. But that's that's really not what it's all about. There are so many Black women out here that are creating their own lane to become successful. And even if even if it is in corporate America, we mm-hmm. are finding ways to push ourselves to be better and not better than anyone. But sometimes we do have to show that we are, you know, better suited, better um, equipped with different knowledge and skills. So that way we can advance. And I think we, um, our society can, can view us as the underdog. And it's such mm-hmm. a shock when a black woman comes out on top. You know, or she's the highest lawyer. She's the highest doctor. You know, the, and the, the first black woman. I think it was Simone Biles. She was the first female athlete to. I forgot what her accomplishment was, but you know, like, why is that such um, a shock? And even in our own within our own community, we're like, wow, you know, she's black. And I just feel like that is that's a level of success that all these younger girls, even under myself, but even my, myself included in our tw- in our twenties, we're seeing younger women and women within our age group being successful. Like, and that's, that's such an, a, I think it's so amazing to see because then it's, I don't feel so alone where it's like, okay, I see, I can scroll on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Facebook, and and see somebody I went to middle school with making it on YouTube. You know, I can see somebody where I went to high school with and they're doing amazing, you know, at their job. And it's like, okay, we're out here doing it, but society can still, we, I still believe that society um, just views us as the underdog. But I think we're out here, we're out here killing the game. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, you guys are growing up in a time where technology makes it look like instant success. And Mm -hmm. your generation, I can say, is coming into that whole defining yourself and figuring out what you want to do. But a lot of you will post your whole entire life on social media. (laughs) It's kind of creepy, but I mean, I understand it's just that's how you guys connect. I don't think you guys really connect face to face like other generations do. But you guys are brilliant in that space where you're creating space for yourself and not taking the traditional path of, I have to go to college, I have to get a career, I have to do this, I have to do that. You guys are known for making your own lane. And Mm -hmm. that is um, admirable for sure. But I can see you guys underestimate um, or how society thinks you guys just want instant success. Because it comes off that way. It does. And most of you guys really are hard workers. No, like you just like you said, no one shows the failures. No one shows the behind the scenes. They kind of just show them, you know, blowing up. So I get that. Okay. So my next question for you is, what do you feel is missing from Black women being able to create a sense of community within our culture, as opposed to separate entities. And what I mean by that is you'll see a lot of different groups and cliques of Black women, but you don't see a whole sense of one place where we all gather and where we all get together, which I know is kind of hard because there's Black women everywhere. Yeah. But you'll see different groups, different brunches, goal setters, like you see all that. So why do you think it's hard to create just one like sense community of black women. I, I think because we can get hung up on our differences 
rather than what okay. rather than what we all have in common, which is being a black woman in America um, and in this <laughs> age. So, you know, like you said, we have these different brunches, which just depending on where you're located and you can find right. a group on on social media that caters to something you like to do or just because we are black. But I feel like even within those groups, there can still be, we can still be a little divided. Okay. Um, Explain that. I had joined a Facebook group. Okay. And I, maybe I had went in with some expectations like, okay, this is going to be a nice little sense of community where I can go to someone like, um, you know, hey, you know, how are you getting through this? Or have you experienced this? Or, but it was really just, and, and I don't want to down the women in that group, but right. the purpose of that group was, oh, I need somebody who can do hair. Oh, I need somebody to watch my kids. Well, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there's groups for that. You know, right. find, you can find those people who can do hair. But I, again, maybe I expect too much where I'm going into this group where I'm like, okay, I can find some women that I can connect with. Where if they like to read, then there's somebody out there who, someone else who likes to read. But we all have something in common, which is we're women and mm-hmm. we're black. And there's, I feel like there's just a little bit of pushback where, okay, well, if you don't have the instant talent that I need you to have, i.e. being able to watch my kids, being able to do my hair for cheap or whatever that is, then, okay, well, we don't need you. Or gotcha. we're just going to ostracize you. Like you're, just, you're still in the group and you can post, but right. you know, you're not really what I needed you to be. So um, you were thinking more of a networking and it was more of a, of a social club. Yes. Okay. And I, maybe that's just the headspace I'm in where I'm like, okay, well I can find some black women I can network with if, whether it just be a friendship you know, I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to having a friend who can share the same experiences that I do um, or right. we're viewed as the same in society. But, you know, if someone and not even to just use them for their connections, but networking is is big. And I think sometimes we don't realize what networking can do for us. Mm hmm. So and because I think sometimes people can be a little bit selfish where, you know, well, yeah, I work for this company, but don't ask me to get you in or, you know, we're not hiring or don't ask me how to get in here. You know, like, why not share that wealth with your fellow women, your fellow black women? Why are we still holding on? And I don't know. Why are we still holding on to if I have it, then I don't want you to have it. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. There's just that little like that pushback where I'm like, come on, y'all, we got to do a little bit better. Right. And have you thought of a solution to solve the issue of us coming together to create a sense of community? I think it's really just, we just find some healing. Um, I think even if you do go to therapy and you know, you're working on yourself, other women can project on you and that can set you back I think Mm -hmm. we should my solution in a perfect world would be where we just do you know a couple days of healing right and it's not all that's not and healing is not instant but you start to break down some of those layers and and really find try and find the point of this of this trauma or you know what makes us who we are I feel like if we could just get to a point where we are on the path of healing and we we work on our self-love and we work on our self-acceptance, then that will open up Black women to a, excuse me, to a different level of success, to a different level that I think we've, we've never known. That's good. That's good. Um, Yeah. Healing starts with yourself, but to heal a whole community who's been, I feel like, separated for such a long time that that's definitely going to take a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> in a perfect world. Yes, perfect world doesn't exist yet, but we're getting there. I feel like I definitely in 2020 see more positivity, more people trying to 
step into the lanes. And I think it'll help if it's us telling our stories and our narratives versus other cultures and races. Yes. How we're per how we're portrayed for sure. Okay. What topics do you feel we as black women consider taboo to talk about in our communities? I would lead with therapy. <laughs> therapy, okay. I would go into money. Uh having money, budgeting money, making money. The latter. Um definitely having money. Okay. And budgeting. Okay. Is one and I would really say those two. And why do you think Black women struggle to be open and honest about deep issues and experiences that we've had in our lives? Why do you feel like we keep it such a secret or we can't share or sometimes you don't find things out until you talk to someone one-on-one? I think because it's been, I think that is a character trait that has been passed down by so many other generations that we just hold on to it. Um, And a lot of women now are speaking out, and we'll just use, for example, sexual assault. There has been who knows how many cases where Black women have been assaulted or have been in that predicament, and who could they talk to? You know, one People, some some people don't believe them. Two, family members, some family members tend to, oh, that don't worry, just be quiet, don't worry about it. We don't want to get that person in trouble. Um, I think it's just been pushed down for so long that our, our previous generations didn't have anybody. So now we feel like we don't have anyone. And okay. if, if we can because we're now seeing women um, of all ethnicities speaking about the Me Too movement, if we could incorporate that with Black women into our community of Black women, then we can, that would just push us to thrive, where where it's just not just about sexual assault, um, not feeling that, that sense of pride where if you don't have money or if you can't afford something, you don't feel bad about it. Or if you can't make it to this event, you know, I, I just, I think I'm getting off track. I think it's a, it's a character trait that has been passed down by so many generations where black people, black people as a whole have had to work for themselves by themselves for so long Mm -hmm. that we just, we are grasping onto that as hard as we can um, and then there's that, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house. So that's always been like, a, okay, well, you know, I could be getting hit on or whatever that looks like, but I can't tell mm-hmm. anybody because my mom told me or my such and such told me I can't talk about what's going on in the house. And right. That when, narrative of being Superman and Superwoman mm-hmm. and not really being able to expose our, our thoughts and our feelings. I think I understand where you're going with that. Yeah. I just, it's it tied, sorry. It ties into us not being able to be vulnerable, mm. you know? And, and yes, I mean, I do have some capabilities that where I can be superwoman, but what about right. the, where I am hurting and, you know, something's yeah. going on, whatever that issue looks like. And I, I don't have the avenue to turn to someone and ask for help because, you know, it's in my mind, okay, I just got to suck it up, keep going, it'll get better. But what if it doesn't, you know? Yeah, you make make really good points right there. What do you feel is needed for Black women to own their truths and speak freely about the importance of mental health and spiritual growth? I, I feel that if one person just had an I, I don't maybe a mentor or just someone that they're very comfortable with a cousin a family friend longtime family 
whatever that person looks like for you, if you just ask one leading question, they might be able to elaborate on something that you've been feeling. Um, Mm. And just to kind of elaborate on that, you have a, a, a cousin where you're like, you know what? Did you, were you always thinking about going to college? And they're like, you know what? No. And then they go into how they were feeling, you know, and then they tell you some failures, some positives, some negatives, if they did go, if they didn't go and how they navigated that. And I just, if you just have one person, I think you just have one person where you can just, you feel comfortable enough to divulge a little bit of information where you're not giving up all of all of you if you're not ready to do that yet but you can just a little leading question and you're like okay I like that answer so maybe I can ask the next question and then the next question turns into a conversation and now we're speaking about feelings now we're speaking on vulnerability and how this relationship with such and such made us feel and that now we're having an open dialogue to where I'm not as sheltered about what was going on I know I have the, I know I have you now so um I think that's really all it takes is just having that one person where you know oh I see you you go to church if if you don't go to church or if you're you know struggling with your beliefs you just have one friend where you're like you know what do you like going to that church like what do you learn there and then that starts a dialogue and now you're learning now you are you're no longer ignorant to that that topic and you're now you're growing now you are becoming more educated in whatever you needed some information about whether it be your spiritual walk um spiritual growth if you feel like you're stagnant you know you have a see someone you're like girl i saw you was doing x y and z but how did you get back into church how did you get your relationship like did you feel like you lost your relationship I just think where you just have a one person or one or two people where you're just comfortable enough to ask a leading question, it starts a dialogue and now you are more comfortable with divulging a little bit of information about yourself or something that you've been holding onto for so long. Once you release that, you feel amazing. Okay, so if I could sum that up, you're basically saying, open dialogue with a with feeling that you're in a safe environment and a trustworthy environment would get black women to speak more freely yes okay that makes sense how do women so we'll switch over to relationships how do women in their 20s view romantic relationships and is it difficult for black women in their 20s to date in your opinion I found it difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, I found it super difficult to to date. What was the? So I'm sorry. What was the first part of the question? I don't want to skip over. How do women, black women in their twenties, view romantic relationships? So your generation. How are you guys looking at them? Are you rather not? Are you guys trying to seriously date? Like, what is the average 20 25 year olds viewpoint on a relationship in my opinion it's i want to but i'd rather not get my feelings played with i don't have time for um for games it's either you're with me or you're not i feel like that is where we're at um and even the the 20, 21 year olds, I mean, there there are some women where you're just like, hey, I'm just trying to live, do my thing. But then there are some women who want to pursue monogamous relationships, long-term relationships. And again, it comes into it just depending on the age range that you're looking for in a man it's a possibility that he has a child or, um, and just to kind of go over that again, he, he may have one or two kids and you're like, okay, I'm still young and you know, and I'm not faulting you for having this responsibility, but do I, do I want to, am I in a space where I want to share you or share that man with someone else? 
and you can't tell a man not to take care of his kids because what what does that make you? But or am I in a space where I want this man to be all about me? Where if, where if he's not handling his business, then he has the the rest of his time that he has allotted for me. I want that to just be with me and him. So that's how that's how I approach dating. Where I'm like, okay, and I'm I did try with men who had kids, and I realized. I want to be, I want to be his, like his only, beside, aside from our grown up life mm-hmm. We're together. I don't want him. I didn't, I personally didn't want to date a man who had to worry about, okay, I got to get home, like the babysitter, this, because I didn't have that. I didn't have, I don't have to do that. So um, I think it's either we're going to be together or we're not. If you just want sex, let me know. If you just want a, a situationship or friends will benefit, let's be upfront. And then if it if it goes from there, then cool. And if not, then all right. So you guys want honesty and transparent transparency about what type of relationship you're going to have. Are you guys open to all those options, such as friends with benefits, situationships? Is that something you guys settle for? Is that something you want? Because what I view is you guys aren't serious, which I don't think you should be serious in your 20s. I think that's the perfect time to, like you said, find out what you want to date. A man with kids, a man without kids, um, someone with a degree, someone without a degree. So is your generation, are you guys multi-dating? Is that hard? Um, I think we're definitely multi-dating. Okay. I I would say so. And then I get on social media and then there's it's either me or, you know, it's it's either us or nothing at all. But I would still say that there's we're still going on date. Women are still going on dates. We're still trying. I wouldn't say that we're settling for situationships or friends with benefits. I think um if you just happen to be working or if you lead that woman leads a busy life, then that could be, it could be okay for that time. But I think as we grow Mm -hmm. and we, we want to experience a long-term monogamous relationship. Um, And Mm -hmm. those, those other questions, okay, well, he has a kid. Do I want to, you know, those other questions come into play if you do happen to find someone that you want to be serious with. But no, I wouldn't say that we're settling because women we want we want that transparency we want that honesty i don't want you to string me along i want to know up front so i can make that decision like okay you know what i knew going in this is what he said he wanted i'm okay with that and when i'm not okay with that i'm going to be just as honest and we can see if that's where we want to take this and if not then we're going to part ways okay it's good to know so 20 year olds want it you know up front honest it's good to know so switching back to just black women in general, what myths, what are some myths about black women you think as a community we should unravel? I think the the angry black woman needs to go ahead and let's unravel that. We're not angry. Mm-hmm. And if I do happen to, if you catch me in a in a moment where I am angry, then I have a valid reason for it. But I don't feel like, right. we, you know, I, a man doesn't have to explain himself why he's angry. So why should I? Um, True. I think that, I think, let me see what else I think about. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. No, no, it's fine. I think, sorry, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Was, okay, we'll stick with the, that's a big one, the angry black woman. It's still, still perceived, it's still portrayed. We don't have that vulnerable space to express anger. I don't understand why. 
for black women, angry is terrible, but to say in like a Latina community, angry is sexy because it's yeah. in a different language. So no, I, I totally understand that. So we're going to transition into like the last part of the interview. And so we're going to talk about, you know, advice and things that you want from older generations. Okay. So what do you feel women in your 20s need help or advice from older black women? Relationships in general. Um, okay. One, romantic relationships. And two, the friendships, the 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 black women who have long-term friendships with other black women. Um, okay. so I'll start with romantic. There are lots of black women who are married to black men and we love mm-hmm. to share black love. Yes. I would love to hear, <laughs> I would love to hear some, some dialogue or some advice on how they made it through for so mm-hmm. long. Um, what kept them grounded. I would love to hear about some struggles that they faced as a Black couple. Um, Some positives, you know, like, I mean, I, that is my preference. I love Black men. So I know that they're, you know, they're beautiful. Black black men are beautiful, but they are. (laughs) I would I would love to hear some advice on you know we just there's some there's some couples that have been together 50 60 some odd years and it's like okay what did you have to encounter what did you did you have to endure anything was it like you know I don't want to the best way to the best term would it was it valentine's every day or you know how did you make (laughs) through this relationship so long did you how did you choose each other continuously every day um what happens when you had an empty nest you know I would love mm-hmm. to hear about what that what that looked like for them okay. and then, and then you start friendships with black women yes because I find it sometimes I find it hard to make black women friends okay why you feel that way I don't I think maybe there's a little Okay, I'll say sometimes I feel like maybe I try too hard <laughs> because I really and I have some black women friends, but it's because mm-hmm. you know, I met them when we were younger. But mm-hmm. now I'm 25 and I can go to the club now. I can go to a bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let me I start with a compliment. You know, I, I, I'm one of those women. I want to uplift my my fellow black woman because you, she may not have gotten it. I was right. fortunate enough to receive, you know, some compliments and um, the word escapes me, validation and validation mm-hmm. from my mom. So, you know, I know who I am. I've, I'm self-love and self-acceptance. I've, I'm going through that and have gone through that. But it's mm-hmm. like when I'm trying to make friends with another Black woman, it's, I'm like, gosh, it, this is hard. Like, I, I, maybe it's just, I don't, maybe I don't have a good, I can't read their how they're feeling, but mm-hmm. I'm open and honest. Like, okay, girl, I want to be your friend. You know, let's right. see if we can connect on something, some kind of level. But I just mm-hmm. feel like follow through isn't there on that other person's part. Um, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if you, if I mean, you can make any other relationship work, so why not try and forge a new one? That's just my my thought process. So I w- I would love to hear about how black women have maintained their friendships with their black friends, their black women friends for so long mm-hmm. through, you know, kids, marriages, um if should it had been a divorce, you know, how did, what did that look like? Because I'm I'm finding it super hard. <laughs> Aside from okay. the ones I already have. It's understandable. And to follow up, what are some issues or experiences you wish older generations of Black women would pass down knowledge about outside of friendships and romantic relationships? What the workforce looked like for them. Okay. Um, because again, just I feel like we're 
20 year old or, you know, they want to be on social media all the time. They're always on their phones, always on the computer. Um, I don't feel like society sees us with a work ethic, but I would love to hear about any struggles that a, a black woman faced trying to make it or have who had made it in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, a black woman who okay. decided to go the unconventional, which probably at that time, the unconventional route of becoming her own uh, boss, being a business owner. How did she go okay. about, you know, getting loans or did she have to go, you know, what, what that process was because we're, Right now, the 20-year-olds are, we can do it all on our phones. It's right at our fingertips. But um, I feel like some of us do not have the knowledge on, you know, how credit works. And, okay. and I'm a Black woman. You know, I pay these bills. But when I go to a bank, what what needs to look good on paper? You know, and that's from a business point, a business owner's standpoint. Okay. Um I would like to have an open dialogue just with the many different women. So if there was a woman who stayed at home, a stay-at-home mom, what was that? Okay. So you want them to pass down experience on what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom as a Black woman? Yeah, because women alone, some women mm-hmm. criticize women for you know wanting to be at home. So now right. with the added, okay, well, you know, being black and choosing to be at home and, you know, allowing the husband to go out and be a provider and being at home with the kids. Like, did she face any backlash within her own community? Okay. Within her own family. Um, Oh, you don't want to work, you know, just those little things just to unpick that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I would love to hear whatever knowledge they have, but those are a few. Okay. And then, if you could ask three questions to a black woman with a decade of experience over you, so someone in their 30s right now, what would it be? What would those three questions be? When, if you have, when did you find your passion and what was that aha moment for you? Okay. Two. To the to the single woman mm-hmm. who is, you know, working or, yeah, who's working, mm-hmm. did you face any backlash from your peers or family member, any pressure to have kids, to find a relationship, find a, find a man? Um, and what was that like? What is, what is or what was that experience like for you? And how did you handle that? Is there anything you see in us and us being the 20 to 29 year olds that, that surprises you or amazes you about our tenacity and our drive? That's a good question. Thank you. I'm taking notes. (laughs) Always good info. And then the last question for the interview. What do you love about being a Black woman in her 20s? I love being carefree. I love being aware of Mm -hmm. what's going on um, in our world, but also having that sense of, you know what, regardless of how these people view me, this group of people view me, or whoever, I'm still going to live my life to the fullest um, because only one person can judge me and that's God. So, you know, <laughs> and just, I, yeah, I love being carefree. I love being able to move whenever I see fit. Um, and mm-hmm. what I mean is I can get up and go. I can experience the world, get some stamps in my passport. So you're loving the freedom in your yes. 20s. The freedom. I love that. Even though, as I was mentioning, it is hard for, for me, just me personally, it's hard for me to mm-hmm. befriend Black women. I know 
mm-hmm. that if I caught a black girl in the bathroom, we could have a beautiful conversation. And then that would, <laughs> up, you know, that would uplift me. And she right. just gets me. You know, I get two snaps and she already know I'm talking about her outfit or, you know, I just love that we even though we are still a little bit divided, I still know that my sister, I can wherever I'm at. I have a sister out there just in case, you know, if I come across her again in the bathroom in the club, she can give me that eye contact and we got her, you know. Um, so that that natural connection we have. More. Okay, well, thank you for being in the guest chair today and giving myself and my listeners the inside a little bit perspective of what it's like to be a black woman in their 2020s and I know you're on social media so where can they follow you my Instagram is Ari the producer that's A-R-I-T-H-A producer Um, on there I like to just make some videos every now and again of me cooking and just take some selfies so if you like them go ahead and like (laughs) but that's where I'm at okay well thank you for joining us thank you for having me absolutely Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Woman Unfiltered podcast. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at Black Woman Unfiltered Podcast. Also, check out our website at www.blackwomanunfiltered.net for weekly blog posts and episode recaps written by our host, Whitney. If today's episode reached you or you know someone who could learn something from it, please click subscribe and share this podcast episode. See you guys next week.